Book Three, Chapter Nine of Camilla. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Camilla or a Picture of Youth by Fanny Burney. Chapter Nine. A few embarrassments. Mr. and Mrs. Tyrrell returned to Etherington, somewhat relieved in their spirits, though perplexed in their opinions. They had heard from Sir Hugh that Edgar had decidedly disavowed any pretensions to Indiana, and had voluntarily retreated from Cleves, that this disavowal might risk no misconstruction, either in the family or the neighborhood. This insensibility to beauty, the most exquisite, wanted no advocate with Mrs. Tyrold. Once more she conceived some hope of what she wished, and she determined upon seeing Edgar before her departure. The displeasure she had nourished against him vanished, and justice to his general worth, with an affection nearly maternal to his person, took again their wonted place in her bosom and made her deem herself unkind in having purposed to quit the kingdom without bidding him farewell. Mr. Tyrold, whom professional duty and native inclination alike made a man of peace, was ever happy to second all conciliatory measures, and the first to propose them, where his voice had any chance of being heard. He sent a note, therefore, to invite Edgar to call the next morning and Mrs. Tyrrell deferred her hour of setting off till noon. Her own natural and immediate impulse had been to carry Camilla with her abroad, but when she considered that her sole errand was to nurse and appease an offended sick man, whose chamber she meant not to quit till she returned to her family, she gave up the pleasure she would herself have found in the scheme, to her fears for the health and spirits of her darling child, joined to the superior joy of leaving such a solace with her husband. Sir Hugh had heard the petition for postponing the further visit of Camilla almost with despondence, but Mr. Tyrrell restored him completely to confidence with respect to his doubts concerning Dr. Orkborn, with whom he held a long and satisfactory conversation, and his own benevolent heart received a sensible pleasure when, upon examining Indiana with regard to Edgar, he found her, though piqued and pouting, untouched either in affection or happiness. Early the next morning Edgar came. Mrs. Tyrold had taken measures for employing Camilla upstairs, where she did not even hear that he entered the house. He was received with kindness, and told of the sudden journey, though not of its motives. He heard of it with unfeigned concern, and earnestly solicited to be the companion of the voyage, if no better male protector were appointed. Mr. Tyrold folded his arms around him at this grateful proposal, while his wife, animated of her guard, warmly exclaimed, "'My dear, excellent Edgar, you are indeed the model, the true son of your guardian.' sorry for what had escaped her from her internal reference to lionel she looked anxiously to see if he comprehended her 
but the mantling blood which mounted quick into his cheeks while his eyes sought the ground soon told her there was another mode of affinity which at that moment had struck him willing to establish whether this idea were right she now considered how she might name camilla but her husband who for no possible purpose could witness distress without seeking to alleviate it declined his kind offer and began a discourse upon the passage to lisbon this gave edgar time to recover and in a few seconds something of moment seemed abruptly to occur to him and scarcely saying adieu he hurried to remount his horse mrs tyrrell was perplexed but she could take no steps towards an explanation without infringing the delicacy she felt due to her daughter she suffered him therefore to depart she then proceeded with her preparations which entirely occupied her till the chaise was at the gate when as the little party their eyes and their hearts all full were taking a last farewell the parlour door was hastily opened and dr marchmont and edgar entered the room all were surprised but none so much as camilla who forgetting in sudden emotion everything but former kindness and intimacy delightedly exclaimed edgar oh how happy my dearest mother i was afraid you would go without seeing him edgar turned to her with a quickness that could only be exceeded by his pleasure her voice her manner her unlooked-for interest in his appearance penetrated to his very soul is it possible he cried you could have the goodness to wish me this gratification at a moment such as this could you think of me he would have added but dr marchmont coming forward begged him to account for their intrusion almost overpowered by his own sudden emotion he could scarce recollect its motive himself while camilla fearful and repentant that she had broken her deliberate and well-principled resolutions retreated to the window mr and mrs tyrrell witnessed the involuntary movements which betrayed their mutual regard with the tenderest satisfaction and the complacency of their attention when edgar advanced to them soon removed his embarrassment he then briefly acquainted them that finding mrs tyrrell would not accept him for her chevalier he had ridden hard to the parsonage of cleves whence he hoped he had brought her one too unexceptionable for rejection dr marchmont with great warmth then made a proffer of his services declaring he had long desired an opportunity to visit portugal and protesting that besides the pleasure of complying with any wish of mr mandelbert's it would give him the most serious happiness to show his gratitude for the many kind offices he owed to mr tyrold and his high personal respect for his lady he should require but one day for his preparations and for securing the performance of the church duty at cleves during his absence mr and mrs tyrold were equally struck by the goodness of dr marchmont and the attentive kindness of edgar mrs tyrold nevertheless would immediately have declined the scheme but her husband interposed her travelling he said with such a guard would be as conducted to his peace at home as to her safety abroad 
and with respect cried he to obligation i hold it as much a moral duty not to refuse receiving good offices as not to avoid administering them that species of independence which proudly flies all ties of gratitude is inimical to the social compact of civilized life which subsists but by reciprocity of services mrs tyrrell now opposed the scheme no longer and the chaise was ordered for the next day dr marchmont hurried home to settle his affairs but edgar begged a short conference with mr tyrrell every maternal hope was now awake in mrs tyrrell who concluded this request was to demand camilla in marriage and her husband himself not without trepidation took edgar into his study but edgar though his heart was again fully camilla's had received a look from dr marchmont that guarded him from any immediate declaration he simply opened upon the late misconception at cleves vindicated himself from any versatility of conduct and affirmed that both his attentions and his regard for indiana had never been either more or less than they still continued all this was spoken with a plainness to which the integrity of his character gave a weight superior to any protestations my dear edgar said mr tyrrell i am convinced of your probity the tenor of your life is its guarantee and any other defence is a degradation there is indeed no perfidy so unjustifiable as that which wins but to desert the affections of an innocent female it is still if possible more cowardly than it is cruel for the greater her worth and the more exquisite her feelings the stronger will be the impulse of her delicacy to suffer uncomplaining and the deluder of her esteem commonly confides for averting her reproach to the very sensibility through which she has ensnared her good opinion no one said edgar can more sincerely concur in this sentiment than myself and i trust there is no situation and no character that could prompt me to deviate in this point here in particular my understanding must have been as defective as my morals to have betrayed me into such an enterprise how do you mean i beg pardon my dear sir but though i have a sort of family regard for miss linmere and though i think her beauty is transcendent her heart i believe he hesitated do you think her heart invulnerable why no not positively perhaps answered he embarrassed not positively invulnerable but certainly i do not think it composed of those finely subtle sensations which elude all vigilance and become imperceptibly the prey of every assailing sympathy for itself therefore i believe it not in much danger and for others i see not in that magnetic attraction which charms away all caution beguiles all security enwraps the imagination and masters the reason the chain of thinking which from painting what he thought insensible in indiana led him to describe what he felt to be resistless in camilla made him finish the last sentence with an energy that surprised mr tyrold into a smile you seem deeply he said to have studied the subject but not under the guidance of miss linmere he answered rising and colouring 
the moment he had spoken in the fear he had betrayed himself i rejoice then the more replied mr tyrold calmly in her own slackness of susceptibility yes cried edgar recovering and quietly replacing himself it is her own security and it is the security of all who surround her though to those indeed there was also another a still greater in the contrast which he stopped confused at his own meaning yet presently almost irresistibly added not that i think the utmost vivacity of sentiment nor all the charm of soul though eternally beaming in the eyes playing in every feature glowing in the complexion and brightening every smile he stopped again overpowered with the consciousness of the picture he was portraying but mr tyrrell continuing silent he was obliged though he scarce knew what he said to go on nothing in short so selfishly are we formed that nothing not even the loveliest of the lovely can be truly bewitching in which we do not hope or expect some participation i believe i have not made myself very clear however it is not material i simply meant to explain my retreat from cleves and indeed it is barbarous at a season such as this to detain you a moment from your family he then hastily took leave mr tyrold was sensibly touched by this scene he saw through a discourse so perplexed and a manner so confused that his daughter had made a forcible impression upon the heart of mandelberg but could not comprehend why he seemed struggling to conceal it what had dropped from him appeared to imply a distrust of exciting mutual regard yet this after his own observations upon camilla was inconceivable he regretted that at a period so critical she must part with her mother with whom again he now determined to consult edgar who hitherto had opened his whole heart upon every occasion to mr tyrold felt hurt and distressed at this first withholding of confidence it was however unavoidable in his present situation he went back to the parlour to take leave once more of mrs tyrold but opening the door found camilla there alone she was looking out of the window and had not heard his entrance this was not a sight to still his perturbed spirits on the contrary the moment seemed to him so favourable that it irresistibly occurred to him to seize it for removing every doubt camilla who had not even missed her mother and sister from the room was contemplating the horse of edgar and internally arraigning herself for the dangerous pleasure she had felt and manifested at the sight of his master he gently shut the door and approaching her said do i see again the same frank and amiable friend who in earliest days who always indeed till camilla turning round startled to behold him so near and that no one else remained in the room blushed excessively and without hearing what he said shut the window yet opened it the same minute stammering out something but she herself knew not what concerning the weather the gentlest thoughts crossed the mind of edgar at this evident embarrassment and the most generous alacrity prompted him to hasten his purpose he drew a chair near her and in penetrating accents said 
will you suffer me will you can you permit me to take the privilege of our long friendship and honestly to speak to you upon what has passed within these last few days at cleves she could not answer surprise doubt fear of self-deception and hope of some happy explanation all suddenly conspired to confound and to silence her you cannot i think forget he soon resumed that you had condescended to put into my hands the management and decision of the new acquaintance you are anxious to form my memory at least will never be unfaithful to a testimony so grateful to me of your entire reliance upon the deep the unspeakable interest i have ever taken and ever must take in my invaluable guardian and in every branch of his respected and beloved family camilla now began to breathe this last expression though zealous in friendliness had nothing of appropriate partiality and in losing her hope she resumed her calmness edgar observed though he understood not the change but as he wished to satisfy his mind before he indulged his inclination he endeavoured not to be sorry to see her mistress of herself during the discussion he wished her but to answer him with openness she still however only listened while she rose and looked about the room for some work edgar somewhat disconcerted waited for her again sitting down and after a few minutes spent in a useless search she drew a chair to a table at some distance gravely then following he stood opposite to her and after a little pause said i perceive you think i go too far you think that the intimacy of childhood and the attachment of adolescence should expire with the juvenile sports and intercourse which nourished them rather than ripen into solid friendship and permanent confidence do not say so cried she with emotion believe me unless you knew all that had passed and all my motives you should judge nothing of these last few days but think of me only whether well or ill as you thought of me a week ago the most laboured and explicit defence could not more immediately have satisfied his mind than this speech suspicion vanished trust and admiration took its place and once more drawing a chair by her side my dear miss camilla he cried forgive my having thus harped upon this subject i here promise you i will name it no more and i cried she delighted promise you she was going to add that she would give up mrs albury if he found reason to disapprove the acquaintance but the parlour door opened and miss margland stalked into the room sir hugh was going to send a messenger to inquire how and when mrs tyrrell had set out but miss margland from various motives of curiosity offered her services and came herself so totally however had both edgar and camilla been engrossed by each other that they had not heard the carriage drive up to the garden gate which with the door of the house being always open required neither knocker nor bell a spectre could not more have startled or shocked camilla she jumped up with an exclamation nearly amounting to a scream and involuntarily seated herself at the other end of the room edgar though not equally embarrassed was still more provoked but he rose and got her a chair and inquired after the health of sir hugh 
he is very poorly indeed answered she with an austere air and no wonder is my uncle ill cried camilla alarmed miss margland deigned no reply the rest of the family who had seen the carriage from the windows now entered the room and during the mutual inquiries and account which followed edgar believing himself unobserved glided round to camilla and in a low voice said the promise i think i guess its gratifying import i shall not i hope lose through this cruel intrusion camilla saw no eyes but those of miss margland which were severely fastened upon her affected not to hear him and planted herself in the group out of his way he anxiously waited for another opportunity to put in his claim but he waited in vain camilla who from the entrance of miss margland had had the depressing feel of self-accusation sedulously avoided him and though he loitered till he was ashamed of remaining in the house at a period so busy miss margland by indications not to be mistaken showed herself bent upon outstaying him he was obliged therefore to depart though no sooner was he gone than having nothing more to scrutinize she went also but little doubt now remained with the watchful parents of the mutual attachment of edgar and camilla to which the only apparent obstacle seemed a diffidence on the part of edgar with respect to her internal sympathy pleased with the modesty of such a fear in so accomplished a young man mr tyrrell protested that if the superior fortune were on the side of camilla he would himself clear it up and point out the mistake his wife gloried in the virtuous delicacy of her daughter that so properly till it was called for concealed her tenderness from the object who so deservingly inspired it yet they agreed that though she could not at present meet edgar too often she should be kept fully ignorant of their wishes and expectations lest they should still be crushed by any unforeseen casualty and that meanwhile she should be allowed every safe and innocent recreation that might lighten her mind from its depression and restore her spirits to their native vivacity early the next morning dr marchmont came to edrington and brought with him lionel by the express direction of his father who never objected to admit the faulty to his presence his hopes of doing good were more potent from kindness than from severity from example than from precept yet he attempted not to conquer the averseness of mrs tyrrell to an interview he knew it proceeded not from an inexorable nature but from a repugnance insurmountable to the sight of a beloved object in disgrace mrs tyrrell quitted her husband with the most cruel regret and her darling camilla with the tenderest inquietude she affectionately embraced the unexceptionable lavinia with whom she left a message for her brother which she strictly charged her to deliver without softening or omitting one word and then attended by dr marchmont she set forward on her journey towards falmouth whence a packet in a few days she was informed would sail for lisbon End of chapter 9 Read by Lars Rolander